Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We ask you, Father, to speak to our inner man today, God. We ask you to speak to our spirit today, God. We ask you to lead us by the unction and the function of the Holy Spirit, by the utterances from heaven, God, that we don't hear from a man, we don't hear from the flesh, we don't hear from the soul, but we hear from heaven, God, that we hear from our spirit, man, from the Holy Spirit within, man. We hear from you today, God. We ask you to hide your hide man's voice behind the cross today and speak through your blood, speak through your truth, speak with your power, God. Speak of the cross, Father God. Father, we thank you for the power that's in the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the power that's in your voice, O God. We thank you, Father, that your sheep hear your voice, and the voice of a stranger they will and do not follow, God. Father, we thank you that we have your word. We have your word to lead us like a lamp. You are the light of the world. Your word is the light in our world. We will not resist you. We will not resist your words. We will not resist your truth, Father God, because we know that your way is the only way. Your way is the right way. Your way is the straight way. Your way is the narrow way. Oh, Father God, we pray, open up your gates, O oh God, and lead us in your way. In the mighty name of Jesus. Today's message is called, Get Behind Me. Get Behind Me. They always would say to Jesus, this is a hard saying. These are hard words. Can't you be a little lighter? Can't you speak a little less um, abruptly? Can you just change your sermon a little bit? Can you just water it down? Can you just, you know, lighten up Jesus? But aren't we? We all say, oh, I want to preach like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. But then you don't want to do what he does or say what he says. Let's get to the depths of the thing, the pinnacle of his ministry. Always, all the time he would talk about the cross. And even when they didn't know anything about the cross, he would always bring it up. Why? Because it was his purpose. It was his destiny. It was everything he came on the earth and he saw it. He knew it. He knew his direction. And he says to us, that is now our purpose. That is now our destiny. That is now what we are to do. But many want Christianity crossless without a cross you can't have that Mark 8 31 to 38 and he Jesus began to teach them and said the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be killed and after three days I'll rise again see they were focusing on the on he's going to be killed, but he said, I'm going to rise again. They didn't even really pay attention. I'm going to rise again. Wow, that's going to be, I'd be like, kill him. I want to see him rise again. Yeah, right? We're no, but we're all focused on, oh, they're going to kill you. No, listen, I'm going to rise again. So what? They're going to kill me, but I'm going to rise again. Wow. But we're focused on, oh, they're going to kill you, Jesus. No, we need you. We need you here. It's our way. It's what we want, God. It's, it's what we have to do, God. No, Jesus. But I'm going to rise again. And they never pay attention. Most of them, even when he was in the tomb, didn't even, they forgot. 
He's going to rise again. They, 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 they wrote him off. They said, oh, go this and that. They forgot all that. Peter went back fishing and did this and that. I'd be waiting by the tomb if they really believed him. They weren't even believing him. We go to church today and we don't believe him. They were hearing this message all the time because he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son of Man must suffer many things in the elder chiefs and be killed. But after three days, rise again. And he spoke to them, saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Peter started to rebuke Jesus, the king, the teacher, the rabbi, the one that knows everything, the one that moves in revelation and truth, began to rebuke him because he's not doing it the way man wants the way Peter thinks it should be done, the way he wants to savor his life for the way that he wants it to be. But God knows the best things for us. He knows what to do in our lives to, to, to sanctify us, to set us apart, to make us strong, that we can pick up our cross. And then he turns to him, And he looked on his disciples. And he, then he turned back and he rebukes Peter. And he says to Peter, get behind me. He didn't say Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. Wow. That was his best buy. I mean, that's the one. And then Peter probably at this point is like, go ahead. Let him kill him. <laughs> now, all right, you want to do it. Let you know, because, you know, we get offended so quick because we don't understand people say things. The word wars, the words that we come, the words that we stand by, the words that we have to keep on saying are not always the words that man wants to savor, that man wants to hold on to because they don't sound good. They don't look good. We have to meditate on that because we, we want everything like we want it. But just forgetting Jesus' purpose on the earth is not going to make it not happen or be better or so why hide things from the church? Why hide things from one another? Because we want to water Jesus down. Many people do not receive the full gospel of Jesus. And he turned and he looked at his disciples and he rebuked Peter saying, Get behind me, Satan, for thou savoreth not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. The things that be of men. The church has been turned into the, the building where... It's the things of man, self-helps, religion, traditions, feel good, uh, ministries of this and ministries of that, self-helps, whatever it is, whatever man wants just to get them there because it's, to them it's all about, you know, saying a prayer and just hanging out. But Jesus, when he spoke, he said it was more. It was going to be a hard road. It was going to be a hard saying. It wasn't going to be easy, but he said, I'm going to send my spirit, my comforter, and he will help you do whatever you need to do. Everybody calls for revival, but they're preaching watered-down messages. The revival is going to come with the spirit of truth, with the Holy Spirit preaching the full counsel of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not going to become on self-help books and motivation and, and just miracles to attract people to some man or some place. It's going to be about the transformation of the repentance of the souls for the, for the salvation of man. Works with power by the cross. 
the cross. We need to start to fall in love with the cross. See, we've made the cross our enemy. But the cross is our friend. The cross was Jesus' friend because without the cross, He could not have us. And without the cross, we cannot have Him. Even today, without our cross, we cannot have Him. According to Him. And He says this, and he says, Get behind me, for you savor the things of men. And when he called the people unto him, and he said to the disciples, and he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, I guess that's us, right? 2,000 years, 3 years, 4 years, we're coming after him. We're coming after him, right? Anyone that comes after me, let him deny himself. Right there's what the cross is all about. Jesus, the sacrifice, says, No, I don't want to, but... That's better for you. It's better for me. I'm going to rise again. The cross. Let him deny himself. You want to win the victory in your mind? Deny yourself. You want to win the victory in relationships? Deny yourself. You don't want offenses that come against you to bother you? Deny yourself. The whole answer is in the cross. Every problem in your life is right there at the cross. But everybody wants to... Figure it out all around the cross. Religion hangs out around the cross. They light fires around the cross, but none of them pick up the cross. They stare at a cross. They worship the cross, but they do not bear their own cross. And God didn't say go to a building every week and stare at a cross and remember what He did, but take the words of life that He said, I've done this for you that you may have eternal life. Oh, the finished work of the cross is beautiful. He did it all. But then he said many things to us. If you want victory against the devil, this is how you do it. If you want peace in your life, it's, this is how you do it. And all of them led to the cross. And that's what the devil, religion, seducing spirits and doctrines of man want to take out of the gospel is the simple cross. The beautiful cross, the bloody cross, the blood that takes away our sins, the blood that heals us, the blood that transforms us, and the blood that lets us enter into His throne anytime we want. So, of course, the devil would want to attack the cross. It was only the cross that he lost his power at. The devil lost all everything at the cross and we gained everything at the cross. But we don't want to talk about the cross anymore. The cross is still offensive today in church. But I tell you what, we were not stopping because I know where the power is. The power means nothing to them that are perishing, but us who believe it is the power of God. Period. I don't care what anybody tries to do and dance around and do all these different things that make them, but they don't, if they do not pick up the cross they will not have the victory in Christ. It's a, it's, it's a one, it's not even a step. The cross is wherever you're at because you're with Jesus. It's a, just bend down and pick it up. Everyone says it's a one step. There it is. Just pick up your cross. There you win. Satan's defeated. Pick up your cross. Called his people to him and his disciples, and he also said unto them, Whosoever come after me and, and deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel, 
That's what we're doing right now. We're losing our life for the gospel. You same shall save it. For what shall profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, gain so many friends, gain businesses in his own kingdom and build his kingdom on this earth and have all the treasures around here and have a bunch of friends and everybody likes them and their family sticking together but does not profits him nothing. Let God profit us and lose his own soul. See, we've, we've made it easy exchange, but it's not. For what shall a man give for an exchange for his soul? Whosoever shall, therefore shall be ashamed in me and my words. In this adulterous and sinful generation, well, my goodness, it must be multiplied by now. Got to remember, there was no electricity. There was no media. There was no cell phones. There was no... I mean, you had to really, you know, plot it out to go sin. You had to, someone had to, I mean, you had to, you're going to go beat your friend up. You had to, you know, take some horseback riding, go down the hill. A lot of time to think about it. Right now, you can just text wrong, and there you go. So imagine now, and he's, he was telling them right here because they were already doing that right then. So, of course, God's going to pour out more grace because we need it. But... How much more is adulterous? And like, we would call them all saints today, all them, practically. Even the ones that are sinning, probably today would be like, they're not really sinning because it's, it's so far away. It was like, it was, to me, I would think it was all about the heart back then. It's all about what you think about, what you meditate on. Jesus said, you do this in your heart. So that's what he got to. He says, yeah, you can do all the right things in your flesh, but your heart has to be right with me. The ultra sinful gender for the Son of Man is ashamed, and, is, and when he cometh in his glory and his Father and his holy angels, oh, savor. So, I want to savor the Savior, not the things of the world. We want to savor the Savior. What the cross is always the cross. This is why... Okay. What do you think he would say today? He was saying all that then. Well, he's saying it today to certain ministers and people, but no, no, that's really not him. That's a hard saying. He's love. He really doesn't say that. He wouldn't mean that. He wouldn't, you wouldn't rebuke your best friend for stopping you from, you know, sacrificing your life for Christ because, no, it's not good. You got your kids. You got this. You got that. You got these plans. You got college. You got a scholarship. You have this. You have that. Oh, my God, you have all this money. You've been saving up for this. You can't give it up now for Jesus. He wouldn't want that. He loves you because that's why he blessed you to do that. See, that's the, the words of Satan to Peter. Enchantments. Uh, and then, at the same time, we have the people... In the church that the devil wants to use to make you think you're doing the wrong thing when you're actually picking up your cross. Oh, you should not, you know, do it that way. It's not wrong to sell things. It costs money to do these things. But you, I know God told me to something. No, it's not what the majority does. It's what the Bible says. Wow. And then get the little ones being tossed by these little accusations. When people come out of the world and all the things and all the heaviness and the depression and the drug addictions and all the things, man, they're ready to pick up their cross until they 
get around, you know, those seasoned Christians that the greasy gracers are the ones that say, oh no, they're just, no, they're not, it's just too much to, you know, God doesn't really mean that. He doesn't really mean that. I mean, he said that. I mean, he rebuked Peter because, you know, but he was rebuking in there because he knows this, the scribe was writing the whole thing. He said, this is a serious time to show that anyone that gets in the way of you and the cross is your enemy. Yeah. Period. I don't care if it's your mother, your father, your brother, your husband, or your best friend, or anyone around you. In the world or in the kingdom, it doesn't matter. They are an enemy to you. And sometimes the enemy will come just as an imagination, a figment, or still small voices in your own mind. And you like to hear that more than the words of Jesus. And that's an enemy to you too. All these churches being Babylonian. There's no such thing as being Babylonian focused when Jesus said the cross is the focus. That's why he even had God even had Moses pick up the cross. And he says, look upon the cross. Or the stick with the serpent became. He says, anything that is cursed. When you start to look at the cross, all the problems in your... God will curse them. God will kill them. Jesus became a curse for us. So any curse that comes against you, the answer's on the cross. Get behind me, he said. How many people in churches today would Jesus say, get behind me? The whole thing. Babylonian focus houses of idols and Dagon, worldly leaders, idolatry in any level. So if we move by the inspiration of the soul, Paul said the doctrines and improvements by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the author of the cross. The Holy Spirit is the one that tells you to pick up your cross. Not the inspirations of man or the enticing words of man's wisdom, but he said, I don't come to you like that. I come to you with the power and the demonstration and the preaching of the cross. We want revival in America. We want revival in the nation. Start preaching the cross again. Everybody thinks they're going to pray their way for revival. If I just pray every night, 24 hours a day, you know He's going to do it. Not if you're not preaching the cross. You need it all, but not just one and not just the other. But pray all the time, but you better be preaching the cross. Or if we lead to die to the flesh and the lust of it, so right now, just think about it. We have a spiritual, a spiritual Christ now. Because He's here. Yes. He's still saying, follow Him. It's like we're John the Baptist now. But we're spiritual. John said, I must decrease that He may increase. And then John said, I must decrease. But He's like, yeah, you're still like John. You still have to decrease, but you're not going to die in the flesh. You're going to die in the flesh, but in the flesh. Like, you're going to stay living, but die. It's a whole other relation. Because I'm here now, but I'm in the Spirit. So I don't want no longer you to be seen, but me to be seen in you. So that's my thing now. That's the whole thing about the cross now. Until you deny yourself, nobody will see you. Because nobody denies their self. Even the world teaches you that you don't deny yourself. You go get what's yours. You have rights. When the kingdom of God, Jesus said, you have no more rights. 
You don't have the right to be offended. You don't have the right to talk back against the Word of God. You don't have the right to hit somebody back when they hit you. You don't have the right to, 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 to repay evil for evil. Even though it might be justified in your mind or the world says it's okay, it's not right. The victory is in the gospel. And we win when we pick up our cross. You can't love your enemies without a cross. You can't bless those that hate and persecute you without a cross. You can't do good to them that do bad to you without the cross. So I don't care what they're preaching, how many new revelations they have, how many Nephilim messages and all these things that have to do nothing if you're, if you're not being taught to deny yourself. You want peace? Deny yourself. And He'll take your place in it. He'll take your pain in it. He said, all you come to you that, that are heavy and laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. The cross is rest. It doesn't really hurt anymore. It just burns your flesh. And even if you are, you're still a living sacrifice. He'll still take care of it. What do you know if God took all Jesus' pain towards the end? He didn't even feel nothing. We don't know. It doesn't matter. Because whatever, we are going to rise again. Amen. See, we, we forget about that. We always look to the bad. Oh, I can't. I can't do that. I, I can't hold my tongue because... Mm, they just, mm, and all of a sudden, the devil wins. When you should say, you know what? No, Satan. I'm going to pick up the cross. I'm going to deny myself. Yeah, when I do that, oh, your flesh feels good. Oh, that was a good one. You got him. And then you go home and you have no peace. Because God's not going to bless you. He's not going to deliver you. He's not going to heal your mind. He's not going to set you free because you're not doing it His way. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it's death. And that way is the anti-cross in Christ. You can't have the Spirit of Christ without a cross. So the really anti-Christ spirit is the anti-cross. Spirit of the age is self-help, self-will, self-motivation. Me, myself, and I. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is I deny myself. And I let Christ be formed in me. And many people want to try to do it in the flesh. It's not a fleshful thing. It's a surrender. It's a relationship. It's a giving up of your rights, yourself, your motivation, your own dreams and agendas. That's all it is. And then he'll give you mysteries upon mysteries about who you are and what you are. But that's not really the focus. Is he wants you to be who he wants you to be right here and now. So we are led to die to the flesh, the lust, and the spiritual crisis formed in us. As we decrease this, he increases. The invisible exchange. We hold this hope. And we must focus on that hope. If we do not get this into godly perspective, we'll be sifted by the enemy. I'm not saying you might not go to heaven and God will be on that day and you have no rewards and you get into heaven, but you're going to be kind of... God says a lot of things. It's like you're going to wish you did all the things because, first of all, you're going to live like hell because the devil's going to slap you around, sift you, break your... Break your you know, you're always going to be fighting the devil when basically you could be destroying the works of darkness all in the world. But all the time you're totally 
at home just trying to just keep the darkness off of you. That's not what the cross was meant to be. The cross was to give us power to destroy the works of the devil. Not just continue to resist him. We, he has us so busy just resisting him and not giving place to him all the time. We can't do nothing for the kingdom of God. That's not the plan of Jesus. That's not the power of the anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke. He is the anointed one. It's the more you, you're dead on the cross, the more anointing you'll have. You can't go to your next motivational preacher and say he's going to speak anointing to you and lay hands on you. And you, I don't care how much oil he has. I'm talking about oil. Because he's gotten a real oil. He's got the oil of Crisco. <laughs> if we do not get into godly perspective, I'm going to be sifted by God, but by Satan. Satan wanted to sift Peter. That's why he was trying to get him to think carnally, naturally. And then Jesus said to Peter, Satan wishes to sift you like wheat. But I pray to the Father that your faith will endure till the end. John 6, 53-71. Then Jesus said unto verily, I send you, except you eat my flesh and of the Son of Man and drink my blood. You have no life in you. Whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Well, we know that salvation is not by works that any man should boast, but he's commanded us to eat his flesh and drink his blood, though, for eternal life. And I'll raise him up in the last day. See, I'd rather listen to the king, the master, God in the flesh, than you know, another man that came and you know, more so. I'm not saying that we're not we're downing any part of any other apostles, but I take what Jesus said right there. His words are life. Everything else was by inspiration of Him and His Spirit. This was the Spirit. This was the Word. And it's so funny that many people don't even want to preach Him, but they want to preach to other people more. That'd be like me dying and someone just preaching my books all the time and not really preaching the four Gospels. you got to have it all. I'll raise him up in the last day. There it is. That's us too. And then they saw him rise. That should give them more hope. All right. Well, it was true. He rose. I saw him. Other 500 saw him. But everyone just keeps looking at the cross. Oh my God, it was so painful. He said, you can't, you can't, Change it. That's what it's. That's what's written. You got to pick up your cross. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood, dwelleth in me, and I in him. Drinking his blood. That's where the healing is. That's where we become one with healing, one with deliverance. Because Satan can't get near the blood. The he runs from the blood. And, and, and when we eat His flesh, we get nourished and built up and strong in the Word that we can speak it back. We drink His blood and that's where we have clarity of mind. That's where we get healed, delivered, and miracles happen through the blood. The living, as the living Father has sent me and I live by the Father, so that He that eateth me he shall live by me. This is the bread that came from heaven. Not that your fathers did eat manna and are dead. 
He's talking about eating me. They think he's crazy because they don't have a spiritual mind yet. But we do. We know that he's talking about eating his word, believing his word, and drinking his blood means moving in the gifts and the power that the blood released upon the earth. These things said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum that many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard, this is disciples heard this, and said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear? In other words, well, this guy's asking too much. There's no way. That's what's going on in the church today. There's no way we can preach this anymore. First of all, they won't come. And who can do it? So then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. It's the same thing. So we began to say, oh no, you don't have to do that. Oh yeah, you can do that. But I mean, I had this dream and God told me this, but are you sure it was God? Because He's so good. And he's, you know, He wants you to be filthy rich. And, you know, He wants this. And, yeah, you're right. Because that's what you want too. Satan will use even a Peter. Even a good friend. Even people that even know God. you got to be so angry at it that you say, get behind me, Satan, too. Came down from heaven and, the, and he taught these things and therefore his disciples said that it was a hard saying when they heard it, when they, his disciples murmured at it. Yeah, I'm not going to preach that anymore. Everyone started murmuring. I walked by and they were like, yeah, what was he? That's, you know, I'm not. Pastor walks to the the foyer and he's hearing people talking about it okay I'm not coming back here I'm gonna go bound you know that's just too much um, let's go to you know or you know I got some good motivational preachers on TV they and they they inspire me to to do what I want to do and still go to heaven it's a great deal stay home turn the TV on and I'm gonna do well, I, I can take that. That's where today's Christianity come to. But Jesus didn't say that. When the, when, the, when the first motivational preacher came up, he called him Satan. He said, get behind me. You are an offense to me, Peter, because you don't savor the things that are of God, but the things that are of man. And you think you want people all around you that tell you the things you want to hear, tell you this, and agree with your offenses and all that. Those are enemies. Those are enemies of you and the cross and Jesus. And you should hate them. That's why everybody hated Jesus, because he didn't compromise. He wasn't telling them the things of Jewish traditions, what they wanted to hear. He, wasn't, he was doing things out of their own mindset of what they think was right, like on the Sabbath healing people. Oh, that was wrong. Let's kill him. Let's kill him because he did these works on the Sabbath. But when we pick up the cross, we don't have to, no one has to talk us into it anymore. We're already dead. Stop have to being preached at and just die. What if you shall see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the spirit that quickens, that the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit in their life. He's telling them now, it's not a hard word. And he says they murmured, they were offended at what he's saying. He says, 
My words are spirit and life. Everybody's like, I want life. I feel so dead. <laughs> the cross gives you life. <laughs> but you oh, no, no, but yeah. No, I'm going to, uh, let's turn on the TV. No, 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 let's read this book. You know, how to become the best you. Very simple, I got two words, the cross. Oh, but we have, it's 300 and something pages. The spirit that quickened the flesh profits nothing. My words, they are spirit in their life, but are some of you that believe not? See, that's the problem. You don't really believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning that they were that believed not, and who should betray him. See, when you start not believing, you start betraying. It goes hand in hand. See, Judas really didn't believe him, he saw the miracles. He saw that. He saw him rebuke Satan, and that just made him even. Peter was probably Judas's good friend. That made him hellish. Can't believe that he talked to him like that. See, everyone's like, I can't believe that Judas just didn't do that the first day. Three and a half years he pondered in his heart this hate, this resentment, this offenses, this Leviathan stuff, to where uh, obviously the cross didn't take Judas over. See, all of them were in the Waverly time, but then when they saw Jesus rise, they're like, okay. Now we believe. And then they got the Holy Spirit. And they say, now we can do it. And he was rebuking them without even being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Huh. Unbelief will, will make you a betrayer. That's what he said. Many who they were that believed, he, and he knew. Jesus knew everyone who believed and who didn't believe. Even when they said they believed, everybody says, I believe. But see, belief looks like something. You pick up the cross. Everything's there. Deliverance, freedom, power, anointing, peace, joy, and heavy laden are at the cross. They go away. Unbelief is, gonna, is the only thing that's going to send everybody apart from God. The sin of unbelief. Unbelief. Unbelief is sin. We have to believe what we read and we have to believe what we see. See, they didn't really believe that he was going to rise from the dead or they would be focusing on that. But the whole time they were focusing on the flesh. What he looked like in the flesh. How bloody it was in the flesh. How hard and how mean God must be in the flesh. How horrible it must be to be in the flesh. So they just overlook the spiritual aspect of the whole entire thing. Spirit quicket that quickeneth the flesh profits nothing. My words I speak in their spirit and their life. Therefore he knew then that believed not, and Jesus knew from the beginning who were that believed not, and who shall betray him. And he said, therefore, he said unto you, no man that come after me except he be given of my Father. I'm not worried about the crowd leaving. Because they wouldn't be leaving if they were given to me by my Father. We're not supposed to turn on the TV. We're supposed to get the biggest mega ministry. We want to have who the Father gives. Motivational preaching is never going to get you to pick up your cross. 
It's going to get you to do what you want to do. It's going to get you to deny the cross. It's going to get you to move in the flesh. But Jesus always preached the cross. He's always going to preach the cross. And they need to focus on, but I'm going to rise again. We're going to rise again. When you die, you're going to be rising again, but you're going to be living, but dead, and you're going to be rising in the Spirit, just like Jesus rose. And he said unto him in the twelve, Will you go away too? Many of his disciples walked away. This is a hard word. That's hard preaching. I'm not going to go back to that church anymore. I'm going to find one, you know. That's going to be, because they murmured, you know, we can't do this anymore. People are leaving. The cross makes people run. They all ran when he, when he went to the cross. Boom. But a few, I would have got so close to get that blood on me, but we didn't know any better. Satan didn't know any better. He wouldn't have crucified the Lord Jesus. But the powers at the cross, our, our, our peace is at the cross. Anyone that comes after me and denies himself will have the kingdom of God. That's what he said time and time. When he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, anyone that comes after me and denies himself can be my disciple. And they that believe were sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered them, I have not chosen, I have not, oh, have I not chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil? He wasn't a devil. He was a man that he chose. He was a, but he's saying, you 11 are going to believe me. One of you is not. One of you is going to deny me because if you don't believe me, you betray me. Unbelief manifests betrayal. Jesus answered them and said, and he said, and then he spoke of Judas Iscariot, and he said that it was that should betray him being one of the 12. And remember, he said it was a hard saying, who can do this? But remember, Jesus says, and I'm going to pull the scripture up, but with God. Everybody should always say, but with God. But with God, I can do this. But with God, I can pick up the cross. But with God, I can deny myself. But with God, I can do this. Yeah, it's hard saying, but with God, all things are possible. But who can be saved? This is a hard thing. But with God. Are you a believer? Then let's pick up our cross. Correction brings direction. We need to correct to direct. John 19, and he delivered him up and said unto him to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, he had a real cross now. Oh, he bearing his cross, went forth into the place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha where they crucified him. And two others with him on each side and Jesus in the midst. Now let's go to Luke 14, 17-35. And he sent his servants to the supper in the time that their bidden come and all these things are now ready. And all with one consent began to make excuses. That's what... What's going on in the morning? Oh, yeah, I said the prayer. I love Jesus. Yeah, but you know what? I have my career. I have this. You know, I'm going to get married or I'm going to do this. You know, I just bought this new car. You know, I got to pay for it. Blah, blah, blah. Right? There's always something that gets in the way of the cross. 
there's always something that gets in the way of obedience. And it always has to do with our flesh. And it always has to do with fear. It never has to do with the Word of God or the power of God. It always has to do with us. Or somebody like Peter. Oh, Lord, don't go to the cross. Get behind me, Satan. This is what I was born to do. Every single believer today is born to pick up their cross. How do I do this? I don't know. But with God, all things are possible. And they begin to make excuses. One said, I bought property. One said, uh, I, play, I, pray, I pray you excuse me. One bought five yoke of oxen. In modern day, I say one just bought a brand new Harley Davidson. And he got a promotion at work. And huh, how am I going to pay for it? I can't give it away. I got to do it today. What am I going to do? Oh, God, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll watch on TV motivation. And I'll have two or three of those by the time I'm, you know, a couple years in. I'll start collecting them. Call somebody else to do it. But you can't call anyone. Every single one of us is called to pick up a cross. And another said, and then another said, and another said, and then another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and showed the Lord all these things. And the master of the house, being angry, said to the servant, Go quickly into the streets, into the lanes, into the city, and bring everybody, the poor, the maimed, the blind, the halt. And the servant said, Lord, it is done. I have commanded you, and there is, there is room still. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Compel them to come in, that my house might be full. For I say unto you, that none of these men, which were called, which were bidden, were asked to come, shall taste of the Lord's Supper. See, the supper's in the cross. And the Lord said to his servant, and then he said this, And there went a great multitude with him, and they turned and they said to them, if any man, then he said to them, this is what he said, all, all that he's saying. If any man, he's saying to the multitude, it wasn't just the twelve. Now everyone thinks, well, that was, you know, the apostle. That's the pastor. That's the fivefold minister. No, it's not. The, the power of your peace, your victory over Satan, your victory over wanting to kill somebody because they betray you. The reason you want to repay evil for evil is because you're not picking up your cross. You're not understanding. You will rise again. You will rise over the circumstances. You will rise over the betrayal. You will rise over the backstab. You will rise over the everything that comes against you. You will rise again if you pick up your cross. So he said to the great multitude, If any man come after me, hate not his, his, his father, mother, his wife, his children, his brother, his sister, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. We're all called to be his disciple. When he, when he says hate, he says, put it above, put it in front of, put it first, make it first and not me first. What he's saying is put your life, your family, your friends, everything that you want ahead of what I want. You can't be my disciple. It's impossible. There's no way to pick up the cross in that. And that's what modern day religion has done. Made it all about us when the gospel was all about Jesus. Then they said, why don't I have peace? Why, do, why am I in fear? Why am I in this? Because we haven't been taught to pick up our cross. Because when we deny ourselves, we have all power in heaven. Working on our side. Because then God will do the impossible. Yes. All the time. So our job as ministers is to point you to the cross. Point you to the cross. Oh, but they did. You got no rights anymore. They were nailed to the cross. Oh, but I've been misused. You know, they're coming against me. They're racist. They're, it doesn't matter. Pick up the cross. 
pick up the cross because it's all the devil. Every evil thing in the world and all darkness is the devil. No matter what picture you put on it, no matter what title it is, evil is evil, but God is the only light of the world, and that is in the cross. And he says, whosoever does not. Now, he picked up his cross like there, right? He's like, he's picking up. Then he's saying this even before he ever picked it up because he knew he was going to pick it up. No matter what, Peter tried to talk him out of it. No matter what happened. No matter what, even in the garden when he struggled in his will because he had to give up his will too. He's sweating like drops of blood. Some people say, well, he says he sweat, sweat like drops of blood out of his, because he knew it was the hour. But he did it and he knew he was going to do it the whole time. Some of us Always know the cross is there, but we walk and we talk, but we know what? I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. You're already talking yourself out just like Peter was trying to tell Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we need you there. What the world needs me there. My family needs me there. Oh, I have to do this. I have to pay my bills. I have to do this. Da, da, da. And you just keep talking yourself. And Satan says, okay, they're never going to pick up the cross. Because they think that their life is more important than the life of Christ. So he says this. Anyone does not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower and not sit? See, people are coming to Christ, but they're not counting the cost. What is the cost? The cross. It costs the cross. To be a disciple, he trains us to know how to pick up the cross. And that's why we grow into that. Oh man, five years ago, man, I would have turned back in that store. And I, right now you just... You just grit your teeth, and then you smile, and you walk away. And then God rewards you openly. What you do, then He comes, and then you... And then all of a sudden, anger starts to go. All the works of the flesh, and it's like, man, things don't really bother me anymore. Man, man you'd be like, 10 years ago, man, oh boy, I would have... And now you're like, wow. And then you feel... And then God gives you peace. You know what? Wow, and your flesh just starts to die. Flesh reacts. The cross dies. It doesn't react. It's dead. When you're dead, you can't be affected. Jesus died on the cross. So he says, you pick up your cross and die to yourself. So when you're on the cross, they can say whatever. You all probably heard this. You go to a funeral and you're like, man, that guy was such a... That guy don't hear you no more. He's in the box. He's either, he's either with, with Jesus or down there. And really, don't matter what you think about him anymore. It's what God thinks about them. Right. You know, but we have to, you know, and all of it, you gotta, when, when you got to have the last word, you ain't dead. Yeah. Sometimes you have the first word and there's ten other words and you just don't say anything else. Jesus could have proved himself. You don't, yep. you don't prove yourself anymore when you're on the cross. Oh, hey, king, mocking. They'll mock you to try to prove. Oh, turn these stones into bread. He didn't do it, did he? He could have. Oh, come down from the cross and save yourself, Jesus. Did he come down? No. Did he wish in his flesh? If he wasn't, so, oh yeah, I'll show them. But when he, re when he rose again, God showed him. When you rise again, God is going to show us the whole world that you're dead and you've risen with him. Is it going to be worth it all? Yeah, and it can be worth it all today. Your family, you want to win your family? Let them see you rise and let God make all things possible. Stop trying to make something in the flesh and let God make it happen. We got to believe we got to believe. And then he talks about, you know, doing this or going to war and doing all this. You just don't jump in the battle. You say, well, you know what? If I'm going to join the military, it's 
four years? How much pension will I get? Is this worth it? Could I die? Or is there a war going on? And then, and then, you, you, you sit there, you know? Now, a lot of people jumped into motions with 9-11 because they were like, ah, shit. they were just, they moved it. they like, oh, we're going to go get them. But it's like, when you go into something, but people don't do that. He's saying, Jesus said, when they come to me, they don't do that. They just jump in. They want eternal life. They want the golden streets. They want to do this. They want to still live for themselves. But see, they don't understand. They haven't counted the cost of the cross. And once you begin to count the cost of the cross, you'll be wearing it every day. And see, today's Christianity, they bear their cross, but it's a necklace around their neck. It ain't what he's talking about. It ain't what he's talking about. And it talks about that battle and it says, Likewise, whosoever does not forsake, not all that he has, he cannot be the disciple. I mean, we don't hear this preaching anymore about anything else. We want to override Paul preaching about something, but this was God himself in flesh telling us the way. So, and it's, it, he gets really, I mean... He says, if you salt lost its savor, where shall it be seasoned? He says, it's not fit for the land of the dunghill. God, we need salt. Salt is at the cross. Freedom's at the cross. Healing's at the cross. I'm going to end with this last passage. Because you say, oh, okay, Jesus. But even Peter, I mean, sorry, even Paul, in, when he was talking to the Romans, was talking about the cross. I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. That's what we're talking about. Before, we're talking about John the Baptist in the flesh, pointing to Jesus, he said, I must decrease that he might increase. And then he's saying that we're actually all like John the Baptist, but we're not going to go anywhere. Like We're not going to die in the natural anymore. We're dying in, this, in, in, in our flesh, but we're living in this body still. See, there's a, still this dying process is at the cross. As he was hanging there all those hours, his flesh was dying, but he never died. He never died. Jesus never died. He died in that flesh, but he really never died. His spirit just went. And then he rose three days after he went and took the power back, took the authority back, and put that blood right where it's supposed to be, to be the final sacrifice for all time. No longer by goats and bulls, but anything, but by the blood of Christ, He enters in one. We can go boldly to the throne of grace in time and need any time we need to. Time and need, do you need it? Right now, you need it, go. That's what the cross does. But if you don't deny yourself, you don't pick up your cross. See, the cross is the doorway. See, Jesus, the veil was torn on the cross. It wasn't torn after He rose. It was torn on the cross. The power of the cross means nothing to them without our perishing, but that's who live. It is the power of God. And I need some power in my life. I know so many that need some power in your life. You need some decisions in your life. You need God to move on things. But He's like, you, you, you can't keep running away from the cross and think you're going to have my approval. I approve everybody that picks up the cross. You are my disciples. You are not only my disciples, I will call you my friends. And I will tell you things that I don't even tell little people. The cross is where all the mysteries come to life. By the mercies and tender mercies of present your bodies as a living sacrifice. See, that's just saying we're living, but it's a sacrifice. Sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
And be not conformed to this world, but be a transformed by the renewing of your mind, by continuing to eat his flesh, eat his word. The word, Paul says, the word is like the washing of the water. The word is to renew your mind. So your mind gets renewed by, the, by continuing to meditate on his word, not what Peter says to you, what you want to hear, what your flesh wants to because your spirit man is like, no, because your spirit man battles with your flesh man. So you want to feed the spirit man, not the flesh man, to everyone around you that act like they got your, got your back and they, they, got, they want best for you, but they're pointing you to everywhere you want to go. That ain't going to help you. That's going to get you in trouble. Be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. God's not going to say, it's just his little will. The perfect will of God. You want to be blessed? You want to be anointed? You want to, whatever God has you do, He want His seal and fingerprint on it? Let it be His will. That's all it is. See, we battle with not my will, but His will be done. We always pray it. But we're like, what is that? Well, it's, it's obedience. <laughs> Jesus is like in the garden, sweating. I'm going to do it. And you know what? If you were to listen to Peter, probably half the stuff that was harder for him in the garden was because pe- all the things people said to him. They would have said, oh, you're going to rise again. Every time he said, oh, do it, Jesus, you're going to rise again. He'd go right there and say, I'm going to rise again. Because he was still a man fully. He's like, no. But Father, take this cup from me. How many cups you got? Is it your job? Is it a friend? Is it a decision you're supposed to make in your life? What is your cup? Is it... Is it somebody in your family? Is it this? Is that the cup? Take this cup, but not my will, Lord. But yours be done. That's always the answer. They're always going to be a wrestle. But when you're dead, the wrestle dies. There's no more wrestle when you're dead. Because there's nothing to fight about. Everything is good. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of Lights. And a double-minded man is unstable and also is receiving nothing from the Lord. When you don't pick up your cross, you live as a double-minded man all the time. I want to do that, God, but I just can't. I know that's right, but ugh, my flesh. Oh, you know what? I know I'm so, I mean, this person didn't even do anything to me, but why did I have all this jealousy and rage in me? It's, it's really not the people. It's me. i got to die. Something's bothering me. People are affecting me. How he's walking, they're spitting on him, pulling his beard on it. He didn't turn around, he didn't fight back, he didn't, and he forgave them. He forgave them. My God. He could have, boom, sent 10,000 angels down, cleared the room, said, that's it, I'm not doing this. The H-E-L with them all. Because we deserve that. But no, what did he do? He made the cross his whole ministry. And we have to make the cross our whole life. Once we learn to pick up our cross, we'll be in joy. Joy isn't the cross. And he says, given good and acceptable perfect West. For I say, though, the grace is given me unto me, to every man is among me, to think himself not highly than he ought, but to think soberly according to that God hath dealt every man a measure of faith. For we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, being in Christ, every one of the members, one of another, having, then it talks all about the gifts here and then other gifts. 
See, when, when we're dead, God operates His gifts through you. And people don't see the flesh. You can have a talent without any anointing. You might entice the flesh in the world, but it's not going to set people free. See, all of our gifts and callings are to bring people closer to Christ, to set them free, whether it's dance, singing, everything. And once you got His anointing, well, you better stay humble because you might get famous, but I've seen many famous singers have an anointing and they're singing the same songs now and there's nothing on them. Because really, a lot of them didn't even have that great voice. They had the anointing. It was the anointing that made them known in the church. See, your gift out there, but in the world, they, they, don't, they don't measure up because the, the world's looking at the gift. The church is looking at the anointing that breaks me free out of my flesh into the Spirit, you see. And then you can be, you can end the anointing, you can read a poem and people get set free and feel God on them. That's what I want. I want to preach the Word and I want God to be on it. I don't care how many, you know, the people got charisma preaching, but if there's no anointing, they're just words. Read the Bible without the Spirit. They're just words. God, what am I reading? What are you saying to me right here? Speak it back to me. Okay, God, I'll do it. Okay, God, I'll do it. Exhortation, all these different things. Do not be slothful. Be fervent in spirit. Rejoicing, patient and tribulation, continuing. All these are things that you do when you're, when you're a living sacrifice. Bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice. Then that rejoice, weep within that weep, and it goes on and on. This is what the things we do when we're uh, r- 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 things I said earlier. Do not pay evil for evil. To be honest to all men. Do not lie. Live in peace with all men. Then say, yeah, but this guy, you know what he did? No, all men is all men. Jesus was at peace even with them, and, he's, and God gives us another promise: when your ways please the Lord. Even your enemies will be at peace with you. But you got to believe it. And you got to pick up the cross. Because when you pick up the cross, God is, God is pleased with you. We're trying to, in religion, well, if I go on outreach and I go here and I don't miss church all week and I go here, God's going to be pleased with me. No, you, you got to pick up your cross. And then you'll want to do those things because if He wants you to do them, and then they're not a sacrifice anymore because you're already dead so the living sacrifice was actually happened because you're already obeying him everybody can stand up if you want to I'm gonna we're gonna break some things and we're gonna apply the blood of Jesus not religiously but for our own sakes father in the mighty name of Jesus we honor your cross today God Father, we believe that all things are possible for them that believe. Father, I'm here today and I'm listening today on media because I believe and I need breakthrough and I want healing in my body and I want to, but God, I need to obey your will. Father, I have a hard head, but Father, now I want you to move in my heart, to do the things to help me to want to eat your flesh Eat all of you, the guts, the kidney, the liver, all of the lamb. I just want to eat the good parts, you know, the flaming young of the lamb, the lamb chops, the real expensive portions. I'll eat whatever you give me, God, if it's going to take that to get me to be a victor in you. I'm already victorious by the blood, but Father, I know that there's some things that I've been struggling in my heart, things I don't want to do. 
that you've asked me to do. And because I'm not doing them, I'm in disobedience. And in this, I'm losing my peace because I want to please you. But I'm afraid or my flesh is in the way or family's in the way or this. And I have these dreams, God, of career and this, God. And I just, I'm just in confusion. And God says today, just pick up the cross and all the confusion will go away. Father, we hear you so clearly at the cross. We thank you, Father, that your blood was shed and we have power over scorpions and serpents and any deadly thing. We drink anything. It doesn't matter. Satan is under our feet and we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means the earth is his footstool. Let every carnal thing and everything on this earth be under our feet. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we ask you for the anointing to increase, that it breaks the yoke in our life, that we have a joy in whatever we do. Father God, and no matter what persecution comes our way, we're going to bless. No matter what trials and tribulations, you're going to work patience at them, and we're going to see it through. Because we, we choose to deny ourselves and pick up our cross because we want to see your glory. We want to see your face. And we want to please you. And the Bible says that all men that draw near unto God, He will draw near unto you. Father, we draw near. There's no place closer than you than the cross. So, Father, we thank you for the cross today. We will pick it up today in our spirit, man, in our emotions. That's where the fire of God comes. When we want, when our flesh wants to react, we're going to have self-control by the fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to do what your word tells us to do. It's very simple, but it's very hard too. It's very simplicity of something that can be a struggle all your life. But you know what? There's beauty in surrender. And he says, all you that are heavy laden and even rebellious and even strong-willed, come to me and take my yoke. Because you don't even know the enemy has been messing with you all the time because your will has been stronger than His. Yes. Father, we, we have to believe that we're going to rise again yes. and we have to believe that He knows what's best for our future, for our now, and for our lives. So Father, we seal this Word by the blood of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. We ask You, Father God, wherever we have rebellion or wherever we have hardness or wherever we don't want to hear the hard things, You will give us a hearing ear. And Jesus says it all that have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Oh, Jesus, we want to hear what the Holy Spirit says, not what man says, even man of God, that Satan could even speak to. Father God, we want to hear your voice, because you promised that a voice of a stranger, we will not hear or follow, Father God. We commit to your voice, and we say, Father God, we will drink the cup. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.